0: Why you had to make me go call at my side guy? He can't let a F f boy f up my nice vibe. You Ariana, can let me get you a high five. Hi, honey. You Hello. look great. Hello. Oh my
1: god, thank you. So do you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: How's your
1: day going? It's going all right. I can't complain. It's it's been pretty chill. I've had like a really hectic past few days. Um, one of my really good friends. Her yeah. boyfriend asked me and a friend to help him propose over the weekend. Oh, nice. So you I'm. So to get from that, it was so, it was so beautiful, but I, I heard heard a lot of video. Him. Huh.
0: I said, I hope y'all got a lot of video. Oh,
1: you know, if I was there, so. Okay. okay. You are, yeah. <laughs> You're like,
0: content queen.
1: <laughs> How are you doing?
0: I'm good, man. It's been nonstop content today. Like, even at school, I took a break to do content, and I was like,
1: it's one of those days today. That's for sure. Oh, that's, you had. so you had a whole content day today? Yeah. Hi, Ati. Hi, Andrew. Hey, hey. Hi. All right,
0: Hi. guys. Well, I guess. Now that we got the room a little bit more full, let me go ahead and introduce everyone. This is That Femme Fatale Podcast, and currently today we're going to be interviewing my close friend, Sunshine. I'm going to let her introduce herself, tell you guys what she does, and her social media platform.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm a, I'll am introduce myself briefly, but because I have some people on here, and I know it'll be popping in from my side, too, I'm going to pass it back to you for a second. Okay. I want, I want you to introduce you, too. So okay. um, for those who don't know, hi, my name is Sunshine. That is my real name, like always a question that I get. Uh, I am a video content strategist. I have a business called Sunshine. Hey, the Butterfly Effect. Um, I have a business called Sunshine Digital, which I started working in full-time just a little over a year ago. And so I help brands and businesses um, strategize their content, their video content, um, specialize in video when it comes to anything, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram Reels, video content in general, even like product videos or uh, video content for the brand or website. So that's, that's my little bubble yes ma'am and for <laughs> my
0: people that are watching wait you gotta tell them where to follow you
1: oh yeah yeah so right here on this account that i'm going live from uh, sunshine digital it's dgtl without the vowels um i'm also pretty active i think i'm more active on tiktok honestly Um, since sunshine digital just all spelled out and then linkedin i'm trying to be more active on linkedin
0: linkedin you gotta tell me because i hear about that all the time i don't I don't maximize LinkedIn like that, so I might yeah. have to ask you about that.
1: Yeah, we'll put a pin in it. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Bayless.
0: All right. Okay. Well what about for, you. What
1: about you? Let's let's who who is she? Who
0: is this girl? For people, the audience members that don't know me. My name is Ashley. I am a multi-entrepreneur of uh, yes. Right now, we're currently streaming on my podcast account, and I am a goddess and lifestyle coach. I help people promote mental health and wellness, and also aligning that with achieving their goals and reaching where they want to be in their career, no matter what it is. Wow! Oh, and wow. don't let me forget where you guys can follow me. I'm going to drop just these profiles from my podcast because I have a lot of different social media. So, for YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Spotify, it's that Finn Fitel podcast. And for Twitter, it's that FF podcast because they have a character limit. So, you know how that goes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm just going to warn you right now that this is probably more likely going to be like a two way conversation I'm because. I, I I'm just naturally curious too and so I'm probably gonna be like interviewing you back in a second. Okay. Um no, that's fine. I would I would love to know where where does the name uh the Femme Fatale podcast come from? Like what, what inspired that? I think that's so interesting.
0: You know, this is the second time I heard that. The first person that asked it was my mom, so I kinda was prepped for this just in case. So For me, and you know me personally, I live my life very unapologetically. Like, I am who I am. I love both sides of myself. One of the things I practice is duality. So being aligned with both the good and bad parts of me. The connotation, I feel like most people, when they've heard of femme fatale, is like very rebellious. Someone that goes against the grain that necessarily doesn't fit the stereotype that women are given. And sometimes it's looked at in a negative way. And for me, I kind of, not even kind of, I'm taking back that word and that power and using mm-hmm. it for strength because I am building my platform on not seeking validation from other people for mm-hmm. being me, loving both those parts of me and maximizing on it.
1: Wow, wow, solid answer. You def- and- you've definitely you definitely answered that question before.
0: Girl, my mom was like, so what?" when I tell you, she dissected me. So I was like, okay, the next time I get this, I'm going to know exactly. Um, I'm
1: the audit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's good. Mom was looking out. I love that. She
0: was. Most definitely. So I will hop right into the questions, and we'll just do it back and forth. You ready? All right.
1: Let's go.
0: All right. So what is it? being a female in the social media marketing industry? And is it gender dominated?
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I, I feel like when it comes to my experience, because I'm not limited to just the social media marketing industry, too, I've kind of um, worked across different departments from marketing to also just like production, and then also social media, and you know, there's been crossover there. And I found, from my experience, from what I can see, I feel like the um, female presence in social media marketing is pretty dominant, which it's, it's great. It's a lovely, you know, the female energy is just a really lovely and safe energy to be in, in general. Um, I think that women just feel safer with each other. You know, it's not perfect, but I definitely find myself letting my guard down a little bit more when I'm working with women, because there's just um, things that you don't have to think about when you're interacting with women versus when you are interacting with men. Um, I would say that like, just in my experience, because again, I don't want to make blanket statements or uh, speak too generally, um, when I just have such a limited scope of experience, you know, I'm one person. So um, I think that in more like corporate video production and like marketing departments, it can be a toss up. And in in, in the video production space, uh, it does tend to lean a little bit more male dominant. I think it can be a mix. It just really, it really depends. Um, And I think that those are all kind of notable because, uh, again, when I was talking about just, like, me personally feeling safer working with women, like, feeling uh, just more... I just, I just feel like I can speak more openly right away. And I've been working on it. It's been a process over the years to just like allow myself to have more of a voice over the years. I've gotten so much better at it. Oh my God. So yeah, much better yeah. at it the I'm last happy about that. <laughs> when I was younger. Oh man. But, um, I, 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 to back to your original question, like I would say that the challenge comes more in like the male dominated spaces when you are, um, one of the fewer women. And I don't want to say that just to say that, you know, and I think that there's a lot of, um, well-meaning people out there. Cause I don't want to just again, generalize and just assume that like, Oh, just because this person is a, a guy or a male that like, they're not going to be respectful. No, there are, there are respectful people across boards, but I do think that sometimes they're, um, are just like unconscious biases and behaviors just yes. towards women in general in the workplace. And I think there's also an added layer of um, when it comes to being an entrepreneur and networking and um, just being like a professional. It, I, I find that my challenge is, I guess, like networking and interacting mm-hmm. with men when I'm not sure. What their intentions are, you so know, it's like
0: trying to read them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I definitely treat everyone with respect. And I'm like, as authentic as I feel comfortable being like right off the bat, I, I do work on trying to just be more authentic than not, but I'm not gonna lie, like, there are some times where I will have my, I, I feel like it's more of a challenge to be myself and I have to have my guard up a little bit um I think especially like in prospecting and doing business with um like potential clients or just like uh, partners or whatever that you have to work with when there are little moments where it feels like they have alternate agendas you know when they're trying to do things other or get something from you other than business you know what I mean
0: yeah
1: (laughs) oh my god oh hey the Denise show that is such a Oh, that is such a good comment. She said, "I find the older I get, the more I realize when a man throws microaggressions." Oh, that was so beautifully put. I was I was struggling to find the words to it, but
0: for microaggressions.
1: That's on. That is so on point because, um, I don't know. It's just you don't. I, I'm such I'm such a person that doesn't want to like assume too quickly. I always try to look at both sides and give benefits of the doubt, and it's mm-hmm. usually not until I replay. Scenarios later on that I was like, I'll be like, "Damn, that red flag okay. yeah, that didn't that that gave me a weird gut feeling." And so, even when, if I can't name it in the moment, I feel like I can get a gut feeling, and that's when I'll kind of start to pull back and start to put up some boundaries, you know? Yeah. So that's 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 the that's the biggest challenge I think is just trying to determine whether or not people have genuine intentions when trying to do business with you, yeah. or. There is an alternate agenda, and more often than not, that comes from men. (laughs) And so, like I keep saying, I naturally just like open up so much more easily when I'm with women.
0: Exactly. And then to just kind of piggyback off the comment with the microaggressions and, like you said, with your gut instinct, do you find it? Well, now um, throughout your Gaining experience in the career field that you're in, and also becoming more aware of yourself. Do you find it easier to allow your
1: intuition to guide you in the field that you're in? Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. And that was something that I really struggled with in the beginning because um, I, because I'm someone who is not presumptuous and someone that kind of values not things right away, it can be a little bit more challenging to allow myself to trust my intuition because I don't want to be like, oh, I was just making an assumption, you know, and I was just assuming before I had all the information. I'm someone that likes to have like as much information as possible yeah. before I make a conclusion about someone or something. And even even when I do um, make a conclusion about something or feel like I have an idea of something, it's always still open to be i um, involved with new information. That's the type of person I am. And so when it comes to the topic of intuition, it's a double, it's such a double edged sword, you know? Yeah. Um, there are some times where you have no choice and you really, you just have to act on that gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And then there are other times where looking back, you could be like, oh, I thought that was intuition, but I think that might've been a trauma response. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And so it's just always it's always learning. But I <laughs> I feel like when I first <laughs> it's it's a learning it's a whole learning experience. My like, goodness, I <laughs> feel, I feel like when I first um went full time did the yeah. full, full, first full time entrepreneurship thing um when I left my nine to five and decided to work for myself full time. I was trying to be very by the book and um you know just trying to learn from others' mistakes and take in all the advice I could get from others. And then I've learned, you know, there's no there's no rule book for a lot of things because your journey is your journey. Exactly. Someone else is their journey. Exactly. And like, not everyone has the information and the lived experiences that you've had. So at the end of the day, you're still the best person to make that decision for Please. the situation you're That's in. Crazy. So I think like a year later, I feel much more comfortable doing that versus when i first started out
0: yeah and you're gonna continue to evolve and Absolutely. get better and continue i'm so excited to see where you grow and go to like awesome. that's gonna be amazing
1: Aww, and then ashley
0: yes ma'am denise you're so correct that's so true trusting yourself is a, a big <laughs> deal no matter what industry you're in especially even gender wise, it doesn't matter, but just being a person, once you learn how to really trust yourself, your journey yeah. gets so much easier. Like man.
1: <laughs> no, that's such a good point. Man, Denise, like, should we just have her hop on here too? Because she right. is not,
0: it's um, like, man.
1: Yeah, I'm no. That's, it that's such an amazing thought too. Um, and it's so true because at some point then you stop relying on, you know the actions of others and those variables shouldn't affect you if you're really solid within yourself. And that's just like personal life thing. Exactly. But then that also that also really relates to your content as well, you know, and the content that you put out. It's it's almost like if you allow others to and their validation and their thoughts and their projections to determine your path, then it's going to be a very, very difficult, wobbly, very rocky path. Not to say exactly. when you're on your own, but it's, it's much better to be walking a path that you lay out for yourself instead of like waiting until someone else There's lays it out one. for you, you know, and then And you
0: might not even be able to walk that path. Oh, Oh, my
1: goodness. (laughs) So
0: it was perfect that we even got on this because this just takes me, like, right into the next question. So with all of that and with learning to trust yourself, learning your journey as far as content and life, as I said earlier, like, I'm really big on mental health. How does this usually directly reflect and affect your mental health? And how do you maintain the balance with your work and personal life?
1: Oh my gosh, it is, it does not just affect it. It it all like stems from it. Mm. Mental health is the center of it all. And I feel like this is not talked about enough. I mean, thankfully in general, the conversation of mental health has um, become bigger I think largely in part to social media so I know that social media has such a a stigma and like a negative connotation to it um these days and I'm, I'm more of an advocate of like using it as a tool to work with you and for you instead of like you being a slave to your social and your devices you know but um I think that What's not talked about enough when it comes to the conversation around creating content, being an aspiring content creator, wanting to start creating content, whether it's for yourself, a brand, or a business, is the mental health side of it. You know, Mm because if you hear um, a lot of sound sound advice at that, it's very sound advice to be consistent and to show up consistently, you know. But the other side of that is the way that you're showing up is that impacting your mental health you know are you biting off more than you can chew are you giving more energy than you are getting from this these creative projects or the creative things that you're putting yourself into and i am not i'm not against hard work at all i'm not a fan of hustle culture like what that whole thing turned into like that whole like weird what that weird time of grind culture? It where, was like, yes, where that was weird.
0: Like um, I'll sleep when I die. I'll, I'll sleep when, when I die. Was like yeah. I even caught myself using it a few times, and then as I've grown, I'm just like, why?
1: I'm like, no, knowing your
0: mental health <laughs> journey, why would you do that? And like now, I can reflect and be like, okay, that was definitely one of those hit and miss moments and I missed, but. Goodness gracious.
1: But I can't blame anyone for falling into because I think that the intention was, was good. You know, it was meant to motivate people towards success and to like, I think inspire people to, you know, put some skin in the game for the things that they want. But I think yeah. some, along the way, it just went way out of balance the whole like, sleep when I'm dead thing. And it's just like, it made us feel very shameful about rest. And yeah took a long time for me to understand that rest is productive you know because you're no good to anyone to the work that you're doing to the content you're trying to put out if you're burned out like if you feel like a zombie you know what what justice are you even doing for these projects or things that you want to put yourself into if you have nothing so um yeah just back to the original question of How mental health plays a role in content creation and social media marketing, all that—I think it's it's really the center, and that's why. um, So, with my clients, whenever I come up with content schedules for them or content plans for them, I'm also always really um, concerned. I don't know if concern is the right word but i i really like to take a look at also like their energy levels and um we we test out the back end or the production side of it too as much as we test out the content itself so it's like okay we're gonna for this first month you know we'll test out what content we're gonna put out and how that's gonna perform but what i also want to look at is how was creating this content for you was hitting all of those like frequency goals and all those marks, like, was that too draining for you? Even if were you hitting them, were you like freaking miserable at the end of the day and super drained and exhausted and not able to do anything else because you were spent or was it pretty, was it a pretty decent process for you? Did you still like have some energy, you know? And so, um, I look, I I take, I look at both ends because it's so important. It doesn't matter if you can hit these targets of, oh, I want to post like on TikTok. A lot of people say like, you know, you should post two to three times a day or whatever when you're first starting out. Um, But like, even if you were able to post two to three times a day for, let's say the first month, but you were like killing yourself doing it and by the end of it you had nothing left and then you just end up needing to take a really long break or maybe not even you don't even feel like coming back to the platform because it just is so yeah Yeah.
0: that
1: point it's just like that's that's counterproductive and so i'm all about like finding um finding workflows and processes that work for not only your audience so they know what to expect from you but also for yourself too because you're the center of it all it it, it starts from you so you have to take care of yourself first first and foremost
0: and then that oh my goodness that is so true like I can relate to that so much especially like you're familiar with my social media so you know like how I've been posting and how everything was and there was a period of time like I feel like I'm finally at a healthy balance but there was a period of time where I was consistently posting that I fell off the grid for a bit I was like oh wait yeah like it was intense it's a lot harder than people think and it's rewarding especially when you love it but to Mm -hmm. constantly be caught up like you said earlier in the hustle culture and make a variety of content, and then also at the time constantly be evolving as a person, it gets a little bit more difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand. And I'm still like, I still haven't fully found the balance for myself. Um, I'm still testing different things out all the time. Um, I'm still taking lots of hiatuses all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's different for everyone. I also think it's it's different for everyone in different seasons of their life because What worked in one season of your life might not work in another season of your life. And so it's really about just giving yourself grace to adapt because life never stays the same. You never stay the same and finding ways to make it part of your lifestyle and make it something that you can still enjoy, you know, because if. If you're gonna, if you're just gonna give yourself like another full-time job, you might as well get another full-time job that has like a higher salary off the bat. Like something that you don't really like. You gotta like, you know, put so much energy and feel drained from. Um, Because creative burnout, that's a really hard one to come back from.
0: Man, who are you telling? I literally for a minute there specifically like one of the areas of expertise where I make content and make a living. I've taken, it was three month break. It's now four months that I'm still doing other content and doing other things. Yeah. But it's just like, I put so much into that along with all the other things that I'm doing. I'm not necessarily sure if at this moment it's the healthiest for me to even go back to it. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Was it the greatest for my mental state? That one's still kind of like a toss-up in the air. So until I know for sure that I can be happy, healthy, and go back into it and continue doing everything else, then, yeah, I'll do it. But until I can actually say that and be secure in that answer, I'm not going to.
1: I hear that. And, you know, it it might just also have to be um, if it's something that you still want to give a shot and you're still open to that possibility or you haven't completely shut that door yet it might also just have to be a matter of like adjusting your expectations because sometimes we hold ourselves to to an impossible standard especially those of us who are perfectionists and um just our own worst critic you know uh i i find that one of the most draining Things and one of the most detrimental things to consistency when you are wanting to like be consistent creating content is uh, trying to be too perfect and trying to do two retakes. I kind of have a rule for myself when it comes to anything that any video that I'm doing on my own, and even I, I even tell this to my clients. I encourage my clients um, not to do more than like two or three takes. Anything past that, like it's you're just be Like you're just going to be burning yourself out. And you're going to be draining yourself. It's like The words won't even mean the same thing to you, right? Just like like that repetitive. Yeah, and then trying to completely be clean of any ums. Or for me, the problem is saying like too much. Sometimes I'll just like feel the words. (laughs) I edit, edit, spend so much time editing out all the times I say like because I hate the way it sounds. You should literally instead of editing, (laughs) well, edit
0: it out. But in one of your videos, like the blooper reel on the end, create like a montage of all of it. I promise oh, you, that would God. be amazing to watch. It's yeah. like.
1: <laughs> you know, but there are times where you do that so much to the point where it's just like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I, I'm on my 17th take. And what, why am I even doing this? You know, and I've definitely had those moments where I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to scrap this idea because it's not working out because I've done 17 takes and I just can't, like, can't find that. the perfect one. And so it's just, this is just not it. This is not, this is not the one. And mm. looking back, it's like you know, that? That was completely self, that was completely self-inflicted. You know, your audience, mo- ninety. there's a 99% chance that your audience does not care if you stumble or if you stutter over something, no. they, they um or if you take a long pause or whatever as long as what you're saying is actually meaningful if it's actually authentic if it's engaging it's just real life this is how people talk you know we, we rub over our words and we take long pauses and so
0: yeah oh my gosh I can agree with that I used to because I do podcast well obviously we're on my podcast Instagram but there's yeah. certain episodes I'll listen to them back and I'm like that's what you sound like when you talk. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm not about to change it. Let me see. Oh, thank you, Denise. She says she followed. Um, but there would be... Let me see what she said before I continue. Oh, Yes. I agree
1: edit. with that, Denise. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so there'd be, like, moments I'll listen to it back, and I'll, like, want to edit something out. And then after me doing so much, like, spiritual self-love work, I'm like, nope, nope, no, no. no, no no unless it's completely fumble I'm not doing it I was like at the end of the day I want it to still like you said the message to come across authentic mm-hmm. and if I was really sitting here talking to people or just like we're on am alive this is how I would talk mm-hmm. so this is the conversation that you would expect out of me more people mm-hmm. are going to be able to connect with my journey just like they can connect with your journey if yeah. you come off as you instead of trying to like make everything fit in this tiny box when the vision's much bigger than
1: that. And honestly, I think after this age of influencer culture and you know all all of all of what that's become, I think that audiences have become really savvy and can sniff out when you're being disingenuous. You know, when it's a sponsored post, like if you actually really love the brand, or if you're just you know reading it off of a brand script or whatever. You know. Ah. Um, like the modern day audiences are very savvy to that and so you might as well just be authentic because it takes too much energy to be fake yeah if you're put if you're putting too much energy into something that's not authentic like you're only doing yourself a just a disservice at that point you know and so um you, you gotta you gotta be patient and accepting of yourself when you don't get it perfect. And that's fine, because that's literally a reflection of humanity and how people interact and communicate. People don't sit there, you know, talking normal conversations like on these perfect podiums, like a motivational speaker, yeah. saying, you know, prescriptive.
0: They still have their moments where they're very human when they speak. So it just like, it has more impact, I feel like. Yeah. That.
1: And I, I honestly think that's, that's why TikTok has exploded within the last, in the recent years, because, um, you know, we had like a whole decade of the perfectly curated Instagram feeds where everyone was taking photos of like professional cameras and DSLRs and it was edited so nice and bright. And then uh, you have a platform like TikTok where people were literally, literally just like record in their beds, like from their phones (laughs) and, you know, makeup smeared or just like, they just come as they are, you know? Which is a really, really interesting shift, but um, I'm here for it because (laughs) it's like, what are we all, what are we all performing for, you know? It's it's an interesting shift for sure. And uh, like one more quick little thing to piggyback off that that I'll share that I thought was interesting is I'm always plugging this book, because it was so it was so um, eye opening to me, but it's called Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Brene Brown. No, um, but I'm gonna have you send me this link. Oh yes. Oh girl, oh, I'm right. gonna send you so many links. I have such a brown fan. You should give me a affiliate code or something. <laughs> Literally. Um, Speaking but,
0: of existence.
1: Right. Uh, so she is a researcher. research i believe she has like a a msw and she's a research uh, she's been doing research for over 20 years on vulnerability and shame um she has like a psychology background everything so everything she does is really scientific it's not like super it's not just like woo woo stuff you know um and this this book atlas of the heart it's basically um kind of like a based off of her research a way to give language to very complex human emotions, like things that very complex and complicated feelings that we don't always have language for. Um, So it's a really, really interesting read. That's why it's called Atlas of the Heart. It's kind of like an encyclopedia for for, for processing emotions. So really, really great. I couldn't help but relate so much of it to being a creative and just creating just because that's just my world, my everyday that I'm in. And um, there is a little chapter on perfectionism or a little section on perfectionism. And I think a lot of us creatives across the board can relate to kind of the problem of perfectionism. Um, And she says that something that really stuck with me is that um, perfectionism is a form of shame. And that hit me really hard because I think that in our culture, especially like in, um, you know, the school system, the American public school system that we are brought in and then just like the capital, American capitalist economy and society that we're in, being a perfectionist is Uh, looked at as a really good thing it's like a very desired desirable characteristic or trait to have right and so when someone gets called a perfectionist or you call someone a perfectionist you're like oh that that means that they're on top of their shit they have a really keen eye and attention to detail not realizing that anything that misses that mark or falls below that becomes a source of shame And so basically she says that the opposite of perfectionism is radical self acceptance. Mm. So if you think about that in terms of content creation, right, you know, you don't want to post something until it's absolutely perfect. If it's not perfect, then I'm not going to post it because I have to present myself like in a way that I would ideally and like in a perfect world want to be represented by. But that's, that's not real life, you know, you can, yeah, you can curate and edit, you know, and produce your little videos and your little social media posts and everything. So you can have a sense or like a perceived sense of control of how other people are perceiving you. But that's, that's not reflective of real life in the real world, when you go out and interact with real like you can't control how they're going to perceive you. And so the best you can do is to be really good with yourself and to just be radically accepting of yourself and then from there from there it's going to be okay to post those videos with the mess ups with the likes and the um, yeah and the buts and the whatever where you mess up and all of that because then you've released yourself from that that impossible standard of exactly perfection.
0: i love that and you know what's crazy the fact that you said that and, like, with this Instagram and then also my TikTok that I have for this, it's the videos where it's, like, one take Jake and I'm not really trying. But it's like, oh, I really like how that came out. And then I post it and then the views and the engagement's really good. And I was like, maybe all my content should just be winging it at this point. Now, obviously, <laughs> with my co- my podcast, I have, like, topics and I pre it. But, like, with the video content, so far the audience has been more engaging when it's just, like, okay, like, I'll uh, see a certain song or something viral. And I'll be like, how can I adapt that to my content? Okay, I have an idea. Let's try it. And then, right. That's kind
1: of how it ends up going. Oh, and hey, hey, Josh, your life. Wait, let's see what he Hi, said. Josh. Reminds me when I was school, I'd have papers done, but I went to them in. if I didn't feel it was perfect. It took me a long time to accept that there are no final drafts. Oof,
0: man, period. Literally. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, and that's And I think that's something that a lot of creatives struggle with too, is like trying to determine when is the final draft, you know, because, and when I say creatives, I don't just mean people that work in a creative profession or field. I I truly believe that everyone is a creative and can tap into creativity at some, because that's, that's how our, that's how our brains work. You know, we come up with new ideas, we innovate and all of that. And so I, I think that, um, with creatives who do creative projects and whatnot, um, it's really, really hard to find where that line is with the final draft. There's always something that can be tweaked. There's always like a tiny minute detail that can be nitpicked at, that can be- yes. <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, most of the time your audience is literally never going to notice or see or care those about those little details. And that's- well, that's why it's also really important to know your audience, because back in the YouTube days, back in the YouTube days, YouTube, <laughs> the YouTube. like a, the YouTube. a boomer platform now, not really, but that, I feel like Gen Z looks at YouTube like that. And so it's really funny because they're so about TikTok nowadays, but, right. um, you know, with with YouTube production culture and like content culture it's more where the standard is a little bit more at a produced level you know where people do use nicer cameras and equipment and spend a little bit more time editing and whatnot but what ends up happening is edits can take so long first of all editing I don't know if people understand like how extensive the video editing process actually is until they sit down and do it and so for so many reasons i don't have to go into but um there is there is a point where it's like you're just you're just doing all these little minor fixes and edits for yourself at that point but at the end of the day like the average person is literally not going to notice or care whether or not you did that little edit unless your audience is like professional videographers, let's say. Then you should probably keep your shit up to par and keep it to a standard because you know you don't want to um, you don't want to diminish your authority on the subject. Yeah. But on if it's just like too. if you know your audience is just like regular people, then bro, it's not gonna matter. If as long you- as you have a clear like a decent picture and decent audio that's all they care about, and that, like, the content itself is actually engaging to some degree, then it's, it's it's not, it's not worth, you know, you know, just, like, killing yourself over all these little tiny details until you get an immaculate draft. Sorry, that was a little yeah. bit of a hint, by the way. But <laughs> no, you're good, you're good, I can relate,
0: so I'm totally here for it, it's just, Cool, especially even with the audience like engaging and telling situations that they have that are similar or what these conversations are bringing up memories for them. So it's really cool to hear how everyone relates to different details and their background with the same thing.
1: I love that too.
0: Most definitely. So, you know, make it a little bit lighter. What are your favorite apps? <sighs>
1: My favorite apps are no apps. I hate. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) Honestly, it is so ironic that I'm in the field that I'm in because there are so many times where I wish I could just like move to a private island that has everything I need. It's just like me and my friends, basically, we all live in bungalows, like on this yeah. island, we talk about it all the time. And we just get, you know, supplies delivered and we have a community garden and we just like do not interact with society, like for the most part. And just that's, that's, that's my dream at this moment. Exactly. I I want to be able to go off the grid at some point. That's so that sounds so nice. But uh, yeah, it's so ironic that this has been the field that I've been in for uh, over six years now at this point. Um, So (laughs) I uh, I, I still I still love it. I've I've learned to find the joy in it again. There was a while where I didn't there was no joy in, in it for me anymore. But I am back on the men to where it's like I am finding like creative joy in the work that I do again, which is really nice. Um, but when it comes to favorite apps are uh, do you mean just like any apps or do you mean social media apps?
0: Social media, I mean, we can do both, honestly, because I was thinking just social media, but since you said you want to be off-grid at some point, let's do social <laughs> media and then other apps following.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, I think that my favorite social media app right now is probably, it's honestly a tie between um, YouTube and TikTok, okay. just for- Personally, like as a consumer, as somebody, yeah, as a viewer, um, YouTube videos are part of my morning routine. Like when I'm making my coffee, I love watching new you, you videos from like my favorite content creators that I feel very inspired by creatively and otherwise. Um, and then TikTok, um, even though TikTok is quickly turning into other things, Um, I still appreciate what kind of like what we talked about, Yeah, the authenticity of it. It's very refreshing that there's just a lot of raw and authentic content on there. And so um, I definitely, my, my little kind of like, it's not really a secret, but my way of dealing with these apps when it comes to work and then my personal life and everything is just having separate accounts and having separate times for it so it's like if I am on this account that we're streaming from right now it's probably during my work day you know and I'm probably being very intentional about being on here you know interacting with people in my network my industry perspectives whatever but then I also have um, like a personal account that I keep to like you know you follow it it's like literally my my handful of closest friends and on there like I have no content strategy. I don't care. I just post whatever about my personal life. And then I have like my close friends story too. And it's like, um, that's, I, I will use those accounts in my personal time. But usually it's like, sectioned off <laughs> yeah. like that. And so I feel I that's, that's how I can still enjoy these apps. Okay.
0: And Denise said, what kind of content do you watch on
1: YouTube? Aw, oh, yeah. Um, my, I, I kind of have just like a, a few favorite creators that uh, I watch religiously. Um, mostly, I would say like lifestyle, lifestyle creators. Um, just to give an idea, some of my favorite ones are um, Sophia Chang. She is a, a vlogger. I th- what I love about her videos is that um, I think over the years she's evolved into her authenticity and like learned how to be more real and less polished and less perfect and has learned to like share the good and the bad and all of the in between. So I really respect the balance um, yeah. that she found with that. But then also she has gotten ridiculously good at visual storytelling and videography and her editing like over the years has just become amazing like I could tell that she's taken um she's talked about how she's like taken some classes on Skillshare on like filmmaking and stuff to help make her vlogs better and whatnot but I could tell she really took it to heart and so with her I feel inspired to like go like get back on YouTube at some point and use it more as like a creative outlet you know and put together similar videos um, like that. And so then other ones for, I also like really watching productivity creators um, and mindset creators. And so my top for that um, one is Jen M who is also kind of like a lifestyle vlogger, so G- J E N N, space I M. She's lifestyle, but then she's also extremely inspirational and motivational. Um, I think she's just a badass.
0: I love all,
1: that, but also really real. You know, um, she's a Virgo. If that makes any sense, of My closest
0: friends is a Virgo, so I'm here for it. Virgos <laughs> oh, are know. very like you are just on top of okay, it. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm here yeah. For it. If you want to get your shit together, make sure you have a Virgo friend on the team.
1: Oh my gosh, like, right they're right not gonna right.
0: let you slack. They'll tell you about yourself.
1: Seriously, oh my God, them and Capricorn women also are just, they amaze me so much. But um, uh, another really big channel that helped me so much. Oh, y'all need to write this one down.
0: Um, Journals and Pins.
1: Oh my gosh. Her name is Rowena Tsai. So it's R-O-W-E-N-A, Rowena, space, Tsai, T-S-A-I. So she has a lot of productivity videos, but she kind of in a way um, really inspired me to read more too, just because a lot of her, a lot of her productivity and mindset stuff is geared towards more like a more gentle and realistic and practical way of applying these things and gets a lot of quotes and advice that she gives on her channel from books she's very well read i
0: love that so
1: i feel like she's motivated me and inspired me to read more i've taken so many of her book recommendations how do you
0: spell her last name again i'm gonna pin it in the comments
1: yeah it's t-s-a-i
0: okay i'm about to post it let me know if i spelled it correct i think i did but no, I
1: Oh, almost. It was an R. Here, I'll type it, too. OK.
0: I tried. I did yeah, I
1: could. It was a good effort. That was a good idea.
0: There and then go. when you do it, I'll pin it. Yeah. I should be able to pin it.
1: Hey, how come yeah. it's not yeah. it when I do it? Maybe you're special and only you can do it, because this is your stream.
0: OK, we're going gonna, gonna to at least I'm going to retype it. Hold on. Before it goes
1: away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at you, you're so dedicated to providing references and resources. Yes. I, I, did I do you it got right at the time? Yay, okay. Yeah. Ooh. And she also has a podcast, too, I believe. It's called Voice Hugs.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Isn't that a cute Voice title? Hug. Voice Hugs. I like that. <laughs> Literally. Yeah.
0: Literally. Um, Also, I have a recommendation because you said that she has a lot of uh, positive, inspiring and uplifting content. I don't know if you're familiar with who Jay Shetty is,
1: but he has a YouTube channel.
0: Yeah. And a podcast on Spotify is called On Purpose. And Mm -hmm. I definitely think it's a resource that you would really enjoy since now you're saying that you like that kind of um, content. (gasps)
1: Oh, I love I love podcasts and YouTube and all the recommendations, book recommendations. Um, Jay Shetty, I will definitely have to actually hop on to and check out because you are not the first person who's recommended him to me. It's, you're probably actually like the third or fourth or maybe even fifth person at this point. So maybe this is a sign that I need to go some of his stuff out. <laughs> right. So you can only pin one comment
0: at a time. in. Interesting. Oh. I'm learning stuff here because I'm, oh, I'm learning
1: stuff too. I, right. Ironically, I am not well-versed at live streams at all. This is probably like my second or third live stream really? ever. I think it's my third one. <laughs> <laughs> good talk. Good
0: talk. I like how it's going.
1: So thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: right? No problem. You're getting good. See, now you got the experience with it.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know. It used to be so scary to think about for me because I'm such – I've. I mean, my whole experience is video – like produced videos, video production, and it's like all pre-recorded and then it goes to like post-production and all of that. And so the thought of live video to me sound in real time just sounded absolutely terrifying. Um, but it goes back to that whole thing where it's just like, oh, if you mess up or if you blank out or whatever. And so the more that I have just given myself grace to not be perfect, the easier the idea has gotten for me. So thank yes. you for helping me along the way.
0: No problem. I'm glad that I can be of service. So with that and like giving yourself grace and your mental health journey and taking the steps to have a positive and healthy journey for yourself. What are some things like you said you mentioned books and podcasts, podcasts, but what are some strategies that you practice on a daily basis to strengthen your mental health? And the relationship that you have with yourself.
1: Ooh, good that's yes. Good <laughs> questions. These are not these are not uh, on the fly questions. I can tell that. Like you've put a lot of thought and intention into it. So I really appreciate that. Um, I I would say that I think one just being honest and self aware of you know where my um, downfalls are because sometimes I have a problem with not admitting to myself, you know, what area needs improvement, and, you know, I'll make excuses for myself. And so just being real with yourself, step one, you know, step, where one, you, that TikTok. step <laughs> one where, where you uh, could use improvement. And so one big thing for me that I had to accept was that mindless scrolling on social media is very harmful mentally for me. You know, it, it makes me feel less creative, it makes me feel just like unmotivated and I don't feel like motivated to do anything or be productive after I found myself on an app and not remembering how I got on that app and then I was scrolling on it for the past like 20 30 minutes. Yeah. Like with no real intention. It's different if you're like, "All right, uh I want to take a break and so I'm just going to chill and like scroll on social media." Like that's different. So I think the what I'm trying to say is being intentional about my digital usage, I guess, and not uh, trying to limit the instances where I find myself like getting there and not remembering how I got there or why I even got on there, like everything with intention. And then I also um, wait until after I've done my morning routine with myself before I allow anything else um, from like, other profiles and whatnot and other energies affect me. But I, I try to like fill myself up very intentionally. Like I was talking about when I'm making coffee, I watch, you know, my favorite YouTube creators. And then, um, I, I read while I drink my coffee and yeah, it's, it's really nice to like pair these little healthy habits. So that way you can make sure it's part of your everyday. I learned that from the book atomic habits, by the way like yes. anyone struggles with Soul tribe, Soul tribe. I have Swiss that. This book is life <laughs> Right? Oh my God. Yeah, I'm not even surprised that you have it you know what it is because it's like every, every just like excellent person I know loves yeah. that book. So, um, yeah. And then most recently, I think the the biggest, oh my gosh, the biggest, most, I think like game changing thing that I've um, gotten into recently. It sounds like such a cliche answer, but um, meditation, I was, I've just, I'm on a, I'm on my first like two week streak and I've never meditated before, like two years, two weeks ago. Um, and that was because I was always intimidated by the concept and Um, I was always scared of meditation because uh, just to get real for a second, like I've just still been healing from like back to back trauma over the years. And so I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. And I thought that meditation was just like being really silent and just breathing Mm -hmm. for like 20, 30 minutes straight. I can never do that. That literally gives me anxiety to think about just doing nothing and being alone with my thoughts for 30 minutes because It can, get, it can get dark in there. So I absolutely not. I don't want to do that. Um, and I found this amazing app that's helped me so much. It's called Balance, if anyone wants to check it out. Um, it's normally $70 a year, but for a limited time right now, they're offering the first year free. And just, oh. like, asking for donations because they believe that the, um, mental health resources shouldn't be withheld from people that just because of, like financial challenges or issues. And so um, definitely check it out if anyone is looking for a good meditation app. And I think the difference that this, the, the way, the reason why this one has helped me so much is because it helped me realize that meditation isn't just sitting and breathing and they have so many personalized meditations based off of what your goals are so for me a big thing for me was I wanted to be able to sleep better because I was having um, a lot of challenges with like insomnia and just not feeling well rested and just like waking up a lot through the night and having anxiety um, and this app showed me that meditation is so many other things other than just breathing. In fact, like I only just started doing some meditations that involve breathing, but there's a lot of it that's like mindfulness. Then you can also, there's a meditation for like, if you wanna try to jump into creativity and there's a meditation for if you wanna, um, just for your commute, like, you know, if you wanna have your eyes open and kind of like meditate while you're driving while still being aware. And then there's like meditation for stress or for like wanting better focus and all that and so it's really nice that you can go on there and kind of like choose how sure. you feel yeah curate yeah. Exactly. and then it's so personalized because every time you do one and it gets your feedback on it then it like further adapts and further personalizes like the other recommendations like other specific meditations for you and they'll even like create plants for you and stuff um yeah. like your skill level and how you felt about your last meditation so uh, it's been it's been amazing it's really like it's changed it's changed so much for me i've been sleeping a lot better i feel like i've been able to focus more when i need to i did a nap meditation today nice did you like it was it was awesome i was just like and normally it takes me a while to fall asleep because my mind is just like running at 200 miles an hour with so many thoughts and like this guided nap meditation, I was like, asleep in like five minutes and then it was up good. like 15 minutes later. Right. It, so, if anyone's looking for a good meditation app, check called out balance,
0: out. guys. Balance, yeah. And then also, along with what you said, because you said you're starting to get um, into the breathwork side of meditation, I'll be doing a segment on that within my podcast. Ooh, I know it's you have podcast. so much
1: to say about that. For respect
0: and to tie it in with you dealing with certain traumas and things that you've experienced now with breath work what most people don't know the breath is helps you when you're able to control your breath it allows you to get out of your head and into your body just like when you work out and you release endorphins and you get that pain pleasure response is similar to that but with breath work once you learn to control your breath from anywhere pushing out at fast speeds like or slow calm to control your mind okay. it's gonna create an emotional response for me throughout the times that I've done it it's made me cry or it's pulled up certain things that I didn't know that I had buried uh, because my I'm not really in my head anymore my body's just reacting at that point and uh, so it allows you to heal from a different
1: standpoint like it's a psychological standpoint mm-hmm yeah wow yeah. Isn't, and also isn't it true that I think I heard this somewhere with breath work some people have gone on to like full have been able to release like DMT mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're on like full trips like that you would go yeah on like a psilocybin or LSD trip or something it's like they would see or get the same effects purely the
0: thing, what breath. most people um i'm definitely gonna have to do a segment on this with my podcast if more people tapped into meditation and breath work what they realize is the same um chemicals that are released like the dopamine and the serotonin the things that we have that create addiction like people constantly go back Well, once you get into the breath work and you release the trauma and the responses and everything and you learn how to control that Essentially, you'd be able to overcome those addictions instead of leaning towards smoking, like most people do, or drinking, or whatever mm-hmm. bad habits. This would allow you to tap into instead of numbing it, being able to heal it and release it instead like, of self it. it. mm-hmm.
1: Wow! It's like reversal. Yeah. There's definitely so much science to it that I'm learning because um, even like the app that I'm using, it, it also educates you, you know, a little bite-sized pieces of like the benefits of meditation and research backed findings on how it literally changes your brain.
0: Yeah. So, oh my gosh, I have another book Jim recommendation. So it's called, it yes, it's called, it didn't start with you by Mark Rowland. And it's pretty much, yeah, it talks about um, how genetically we're passed down traumas and different karmic cycles and how people say generational curses. It's similar to that, but the scientific part of it is whenever you go through something traumatic, it actually changes a bond within your DNA. Mm-hmm. So with that happening in response to that, when you have a child, your DNA's changed. So now essentially you're passing on that genetic trait yeah. to your child and it's being passed on and passed on mm-hmm. and passed on. And it helps you realize and identify what those tendencies are and what those generational curses are and realizing that it's not a you thing. It's a whole rewiring that has to mm-hmm. be done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oof! And I, I know that we're, we're running up on time, but I guess like the last thing I'll say about that, just to piggyback off it, no is I think that more people who are um, wanting to either get into content creation or who are already like in a creative sort of position um, need to recognize how much your personal trauma and unprocessed. Trauma and like personal challenges in your life can affect the way that you create, and it can manifest essentially and like show up in the content that you yeah. put out. Could essentially, be like projecting unprocessed trauma or um, yeah, just like uh, repressed yeah. repressed things that you you don't intend to be putting out there, but it's coming through. And so that's why it's really important. To take care of yourself and to you know start with you first before you worry about all these other people
0: exactly i love that and before concluding our live stream is there any advice to the audience watching that's been seeing our our stream what advice would you give them on mental whatever you want to say from mental health or social media content creation whatever the case may be what advice do you want to
1: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, um, I think the the biggest thing is to just give yourself grace to not be perfect. And if you're especially if you're just starting out, like it's going to be messy, just accept it, it's going to be ugly, it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, but you're going to grow through it, if you just keep going. And don't let numbers or comments or anyone else be make or break when it comes to what you're putting out, you know, if you feel proud of what you've put out, or if you found value in what you put out because it was like a, it was like a way of expressing your creativity, or if you found joy in the process, especially if you found joy in the process, then it was valuable content right then and there. And it doesn't have to be perfect right then and there, because every time you do it, you're going to get better. And you're gonna get better and so just expect that it's basically going to be really ugly and messy and shitty at the beginning um (laughs) part of the process the only difference between you and your favorite creators is that they just kept going and they didn't stop they didn't have perfect beginnings either so i think just just trust trust the process but make sure you know what that process is so that way you could trust. (laughs)
0: I love that. Yes, that's an amazing way to end the stream. Thank you so much for being a part of this collaboration. I definitely will have to bring you back for another stream. I enjoyed this so much.
1: I love conversations with you. Like, this is basically what our conversations sound like. All the time. Y'all, this is literally
0: how we talk when we just hang out. Y'all are just witnesses to conversations and
1: friends. (laughs) Right, no love it and so thank you for having me on i'd be happy to come time and again i just love conversations with you so thank you for having me
0: most definitely and i hope you have a wonderful evening hon
1: thank you i hope everyone has a wonderful evening too oh i said be wash media just joined good night everyone good night denise good night night, guys.
0: right thank y'all for tuning in bye Oh, 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 oh oh, 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 oh